Faith Over Breakfast. My name's Eric. I'm from the Village Church in Tucson, and Andy Littleton is sitting across from me, and he is from Mission Church. We're both pastors. Uh, We just threw out 30 minutes of Super Bowl, uh, MLK, The Wall, 32 days of shutdown. We did not get to domineering pastors because we're in charge, and that's the way it is. Yeah, we do what we want. All right, So, so. There you go. There you go. Hey, live. Oh, hey. Hey. We got music. This is Faith Over Breakfast. Faith Over Breakfast. And we've got music. Hey, Eric, uh, we've just had a a great um, uh, round of tech savviness in which we ended up just using the other microphone because we don't know know what we're we're doing. doing. Uh, So one of these days we'll, you know, get a professional in here or something or not. We thought we were professionals because it was working professionally last Last week. week. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably me and my computer, honestly, because I don't know anything about it. I I can type and I've got like one quick command down. That's about it. So let's blame me and just move on. So we've got some topics. We've uh, yeah, we had our own show notes and everything. Yeah, yeah, we were show notes. I mean, we've uh, of course. There's if you know. Someday you look back in 10 years at this podcast, you'll remember the the great government shutdown of 2019 and 18 and. Uh, that's happening. We're 32, what, 32 or three days into that. So there's that. Uh, it was just Martin Luther King Day. Um, we we had an interesting discussion with our staff about uh, sanctity of human life week. And then, you know, Martin Luther King, like, you know, racial, like what, how much of this do we talk about at church? That came up. Um, I didn't even mention that. That's new to you right now. Uh, there was, uh, what did, the Super Bowl is coming up and, um, you know. And um, I like to talk sports. You so. like to, you're a big sports guy, I know. And what else did I say? There was uh, well, something. I put oh, random you... thoughts from tired pastors, and then um, somebody sent me uh, a article saying how do churches end up with domineering bullies for yeah. pastors that and came were, from, and they were trying to suggest something to you. Ah, uh, no, it's actually an avid listener, and she's been on the show, so okay. I don't think it's she's. But she's trying to say like. You're domineering. No, no. She actually was very kind in saying that, that yeah, I wasn't. Of course not. Yeah, I you're think. not domineering. Well, most of the time. I try not to be. Yeah. So uh, let's just uh, let's start at the top and see what happens. We've got about 30 minutes here. 30 minutes because, because of you our have an technical appointment. difficulties. With a villager. Yeah. With yeah. somebody from your church. Somebody yeah. from my church. Yeah. We're going to talk. He wanted to talk about you. And, about domineering. Yeah. <laughs> feels a little controlled. <laughs> Oh, so there's that. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So this is, again, our premise. Pastors. Just This is what would happen if we're sitting down to breakfast, which we are sitting down to coffee. Right. Um, and so if I were to say, so what do you think of this? Uh, this how are you processing the government shutdown at your church, or are you? Um, well, it, I'm, as in anything, it's an undercurrent, right? Yeah. And the longer that it, it plays itself out, the more impact it's going to have on people. Right. But it has not been a lot of discussion other than um, because we're going through Daniel, the consistent reminder that presidents, governments, they're not who's in charge. Ultimately. They, ultimately. Yeah. They are placed there by God and... God is doing things in the midst of the shutdown. God is doing things in the midst of the wall or no wall. God is doing things always. And our job is to tend to the things that he's doing. Yeah. 
Um, and so there's a, that requires a lot of artistry, I think, yeah. and carefulness and uh, being in the present and, you know, not worrying about the future because a lot of people talk about how in the government shutdown, people's jobs are at risk or people are not getting paid and it's affecting the economy. Um, and yet Jesus says, you know, that we're not to worry about tomorrow because today has enough troubles of its own. And so there's something about saying, okay, well, what's, what's the crisis now around me? What, what, where's God needing me to step in? What's he doing in people's life in moments of crisis and trial? So, yeah, uh, I'm not so into making, you know, subversive political statements about, yeah, you know, shutdowns and how governments fight with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, right. We also didn't, haven't said anything at church. Um, and it's, you know, and, and we, as we've talked about before, I mean, I think both of our churches have, you know, are not politically uniform. No, not at all. Yeah. And not at all, which I think is good. Um, and so I don't think we, we're not avoiding it. Um, but it also isn't, you know, we're, we're coming to worship God and, there's always some crisis, you know, in my life and in somebody's life and, and or in the country or in the world. And kind of what we're doing when we gather for church is we're, we're gathering around the thing that is solid and secure um, that doesn't shift. Um, and government is not that. Um, right. So, so though, uh, but, it, you know, it's frustrating. Like, I, I think I could, I would... You know, if, if somebody in our church came to me, which they have not yet, and said, hey, I'm being affected by this, I would sit with them and, and you know, that I would, I could see how that would be very frustrating that other people not being able to negotiate is impacting me and that. But there's a part of me that's like, gosh, you know, that in some way, shape or form is happening all the time. I was just sharing with you how it's happening in my business right. to some degree. And, you know, is it's happening in my home and there's ways in which like the, the stuff of other people impacts me and my stuff impacts them. This, this is just a larger, this is a larger scale sure. affecting more people, but, but we haven't made like a statement. So what do you do with, um, it was interesting because yesterday I, I was watching, all the the Martin Luther King posts, and I'm, 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 you know, I feel we are greatly indebted to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and I have, you know, a lot of respect. Um, and so that this is in, by no means meant to diminish any of that, but it is interesting how I don't know the kind of the like it just seemed like everybody did the the Martin Luther King. Instagram post and I, you know, people who I, I know and I'm like, do you, do you really care or did you just do the post right now? Um, so there's that. And then, and then we have like in our church, somebody who, um, or, or a number of people, but especially one dear friend who was very like the sanctity of human life is of utmost you know importance and, and shared about that on Sunday. But I, you know, I was a little worried about the the people who were going to take this as like a political statement, though I think that it's every political statement has a moral element and every moral element has a political layer and every religious claim has makes a political claim. I, 
I don't think you can separate the two. No. So anyway, what do you? How do you do? You, do you do any of these things? Does the village? Do these things ever? Do you ever talk about <laughs> sanctity of human life or Martin Luther King Day or? Uh, no, we didn't. Well, we didn't address Martin Luther King Day at all from up front, um, and we rarely do things about the sanctity of life up front, right? Um, and because in some ways, it's not it's not what we're about, and, and so we have to be real careful, is because when you're a church. Uh, you have some kind of public persona, right. and people want to add on public values, more values to that persona, and then you become kind of weighted down in the way that you can express yourself. It's not that we don't honor what Martin Luther King did and and want to to further that. It doesn't mean that we are in a place where um, you know we don't want to fight for for innocent life, um, but. That's not who we are. That's not what we're about in the sense of what the mission of our church is. Now, those things all come into the mission, which right. is, for us, you know, we keep saying healing the city one person at a time. So without one person finds is wrestling with those things, then we're, we're engaged in them. But you're not um, attempting to speak to the nation. Right. About. And, and that which, doesn't mean churches aren't called to that. Many churches are. But I, I think... We're just one little part of the body of Christ. We don't need to, like, encompass everything that the body of Christ right. Maybe we're just the toe. We cry when we get stubbed. We're trying to keep thing, everybody balanced. That's our job. Yeah. You know, right. our job isn't to look forward and see where we're going. That That's not our thing. And, and you know, I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of how I understand. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm torn on this stuff because I think we need to shape people in a way of discipleship that is different from that which the nation would because and I do think the nation is shaping people in a way of discipleship and I think oh, football is. is shaping people Gotta in a way to one of, of discipleship sure, yeah. yeah and so I do think we need to shape people and that would include things like we um we fight for innocent life here yes um and we um and and you know, including you know the the folks that Martin Luther King was was fighting for. Yes. Um, and so so I I'm torn on. I I do feel like those things can be mentioned. I just worry about doing it on the day right. when it's been become a national day because um, it feels like we're following the rhythm of the nation. Yes. And it comes across to people as being a political movement instead of being like we are we are following the our king right. um, you know in real tangible ways so that's why I do sort of cringe sometimes when I see all the the Martin Luther King posts and I'm like, yeah, but I you know i I feel like it's one thing to quote the guy it's another thing to live as he lived you know and i and I'm not I feel uncomfortable quoting the guy when I'm not living as he lived. Right. Well, and I would rather. I mean, I, I do believe not that about I, making, I've quoted him before. Sure, but, yeah. but I mean, I'm just I've saying, like, it, but. but like making a big like, like we're all about this. Yeah. I, I like. I, can I honestly say like we are taking up the mantle? Right. 
No, I agree. I think all those things as a church, especially in leadership and, and as you preach, are things that have to come out of your heart as a, as a speaker. But also, they're, they're issues that, that you can address as you walk through the gospel itself, and you're shaping those things. And they don't have to be on the day. They can be yeah. a consistent and I, constant thing. And I would much rather... Um, I would much rather speak to these things when the text that we preach, sure. like, speaks. You know, so there are there are moments, but then the hard thing is you don't do it very often, um, especially in our context where you do First John for a year. You know, uh, the text that might bring you to speak about racial reconciliation happens once that year. Sure, maybe, maybe. but 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 I mean, I think so. You can always missionally contextualize what you're speaking on. Right. Sure. And so I do think that all parts of First John yeah. speak to racial you, reconciliation. And if you want to, and you could make the whole book about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the, the thing is, like, for me, I do talk about the sanctity of life, but I talk about it in the context of how it's impacted me. So I'm part of Generation X, which is the smallest generation, yeah. and that's because a huge portion of us were aborted. Yeah. Well, that has a deep right. impact on me. And I begin to contemplate how many peers I've lost right. um, because of abortion. So that's a serious issue for me and the impact it's had mm-hmm. on our country. And, and I can the, talk about that. And our person who shared, shared from a personal place and experience, which definitely made it right. made it much, you know, it didn't, I, I hope it didn't come across as like, this is just, they're just doing this, like, because it's the day. I mean, that definitely wasn't how they shared it at all. So. Right. And I so that and I, I love when they share from that place about right. about it because it, it matters. It's it's impacted their life. And for me, the other thing is yeah. until I got a, a, a phone message recently, yes, yeah. yesterday, with somebody asking about from our church about maybe they could share their story. I didn't know it was the sanctity of life. Yeah, I don't really follow and that stuff. Like the, the honest, days, the specific days. I knew it was Martin Luther King Day coming up. Right, but I really wasn't any. It wasn't in my, yeah. you know, because like I feel like those things are. I mean, I think it's good that we have the day. I think it's good for to to affirm the the journey of the African American right. in our community um, and where they were. But the the reality is, when you were talking about all those people are posting, like most of the time they are not thinking about how they're still the oppressor. Yeah, right. And how their actions as right. You know, Anglo-Saxons, most yeah. of them. So the so the white, um, you know, health food store that's pricing things way out of, you know, where where no African American in a in a or sorry, any not impoverished person. any impoverished yeah person, including a, a great number of African Americans, can't walk in and buy this food, but they're but it's like yeah, you're not. That's what I'm talking about. Like, are we really taking up the mantle, right. or is it just? You know, I want to. I'm going to jump on this right now. It's a good moment for me to post, which is almost like gross. Like, and I've 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 struggled with that. And the like, I think, and then this is coming from early in the church days. Like, I saw one time on Martin Luther King Day, everybody was doing a post, and so I did one too. And I felt kind of weird about it. Right. And this is me looking back and going, I don't, you know, I don't even know if I should have done that. Yeah. Um, I should have done. I should do things, but I don't know if I should have done that. Right. Um, which I mean, and I haven't read a lot about this, but I mean, the reality is, is that right now we still have a strong, we're, we're creating very strong racial identities 
instead of mm-hmm. beginning to learn to sit down and talk. So even in most recently in the news about the protests that happened between the Native American yeah. community yeah. and like, and then you begin to dig into the details of that. And what you hear is that it's not just, you know, white people kind of hanging on to their own identity. It's, it's both the Native Americans and then a third group and all of this is going kind of, we have, we're kind of becoming like Eastern Europe and, and, and really becoming, um, what do you call it? Uh, nationalized to our own identities, yeah. our, our yeah. own racial identities. And so it's, it's scary where we're at. Yeah. Things. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, you know, with that said, I also don't want to neglect any of these issues because it is scary and it does. And these are, I mean, I think the church and the gospel absolutely shapes the way we think about these things. So I don't want us to not talk about it and just people come and Jesus forgive me, forgave me and my sins today again. And, and we don't show how that impacts any of this stuff. Like not interested, you know, it does. Yeah. It impacts it a lot. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to neglect it, but I get, I just get, I don't know. There's something about me that's like when we just do it on the day that the government has decided, you know, this is the day that you remember this and you do it that day. And then there's, and your actions are not in keeping with repentance. Right. I don't know. There's something about that. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but, you know, diving into this issue is way above us. Um, not that we can't talk about it, but when it comes to just, the, the systemic issues of of the black man and his and you know and just how so much yeah. is built up against him and how much you and I participate in that right. even though we're trying to be advocates at, at the best we can in our lives uh, I it's a it's a big topic and it requires a lot of in depth thinking and sometimes you may be in that place when your congregation is not and so bringing them along it's going to take a long time or it may not be the calling in that particular right. season. So these are <laughs> big issues. So yeah. let's just talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, there you go. That was a, that was a <laughs> No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, so I... You hate football. Is it the Rams and the Patriots? It is the Rams. Okay, I almost didn't even remember that, though I heard about it right. yesterday. Yes. Yeah. It's, no, I don't hate football. No. Here's the thing. I I... I love watching just about any sport. Oh, nice. Um, but I don't – I frankly, like, don't know how anyone is able to prioritize it the way that they do. Right. That It's baffling to me. I mean, and I – you know, I look around and I'm like, I don't know. I don't – I struggle with priorities, but this is not one I'm struggling with. Well, you know, that's interesting. Maybe we could just shift off of that to talk about time management because I watched a really interesting <laughs> uh, okay. TED Talk. No, but this is fascinating yeah. when you say, I don't know how people do this. This woman was talking about how she uh, kept track of this very busy woman's life yeah. for like a week. And she wrote everything. They wrote everything yeah. down. Well, the woman ended up coming home from work on a Monday or something like that. And she had... Uh, the water heater had flooded the entire house. Okay. And so it between, it took her seven hours between plumbers and getting people in. And that week, she put an extra seven hours. She didn't plan that seven hours. Right. But that seven hours still happened. And she still got everything else done right. she needed to get done. Right. And so if you had asked her before, do you have time right. for a water heater to break? She would have said no. No. But 
since it did, you did it. And the person's point was basically, if you make a certain thing a priority, oh, you will you find time. Oh, you have time. time. Be- yeah. And I've, oh gosh, yeah. I've seen this over and over. It's like, crazy. It's- and and, and the, the phrase, and it comes out of my mouth, but that I don't have time is so relative. It like, is very relative. I don't want to say truth is relative, but this This particular is. truth is relative. Yeah, because, yeah, like absolute, like people I know who who I think would report extreme busyness do all sorts of things, you know, because it because they want to. Right. At the end of the day, and and me too. Right. Well, on top of the slate, said the people who report that they work seventy five hours or more per week consistently, when it's checked, work twenty five to thirty <laughs> less hours than they actually said they worked. Oh, so people yeah. who say, "Oh, I work seventy five hours," just worked forty forty five hours that week, and that feels really busy to them. Right, and they and they took, and that, and this is a hard thing is you can't tell somebody you are or are not busy because busy is a uh, term that you have to define for yourself. Right, right. <laughs> but the reality is, even if you work sixty hours a week, um, and you sleep eight hours a, day, a night, you still have like fifty hours a week of free time. Right. Yeah. So you know, obviously, it gets picked and you up. do some, and and for some people, that is going to include being extremely devoted to, to the. Throwing of a ball, yes, on that is named football. Though the foot makes contact with the ball rarely, rarely, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's uh, so I don't know. I just think, but I think Super Bowl as an idol is always fascinating to me because, and and our church does this. It became a tradition because yeah, you don't even have church, man. Well, we have a service at two thirty. Oh. And the reason we ended up doing that was the very first time we walked into our building, we got in yeah. at, like, yeah. in the afternoon. Which is kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And then we all watched the Super Bowl yeah. together. So it's like a tradition. Yeah. So we tell the story of the village and the building, yeah. and then we go watch the Super Bowl. But if you just step back for a moment, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a huge idol that we have erected stadiums and we oh. have statues that we venerate oh. we have a temple and it was in ohio we, like we're, i don't know oh. where the we have yeah oh gosh if you think about it as a religion it gets way more of our devotion um and it's set up just like one oh, like you right. said we yeah. have pro- you know we have our preachers and our disciples like our bible studies all week we have all of our all of our saints all the greats that went before and they're yes. venerated and yep. they're remembered and they're um, and their greatness is told to the next generation. Yeah, and, uh, it's it is a religion, and we participate. It's a national religion. It is absolutely, and what and it does something for us. Yeah, it gives us it gives us uh, it's an escape right. from this world. Um, you know, you go into another world where it's just you know this this combat, and there's a winner and a loser, right. and and people are actually this is what boggles my mind. And every once in a while, I'll feel it in myself, but it actually makes people happy or angry. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll feel it a little bit, but then I see it in others and I'm like, that's actually happening. Like, you're actually happier because your team is winning, got the ball past the line. You're not happy at home. You're not happy at work. 
but you're happy. But you're happy because these guys <laughs> in helmets know. that you don't give a rip about you got a ball over a line, <laughs> and you're actually happy about. And and when they don't get over the line, it wrecks your whole weekend. Yes, you're actually angry. Yeah. You, get you got you got your family, you got your you got your friends. Everything's good. You even had snacks while watching the show. You had you have an extra hundred bucks to go to that thing, yeah. which is baffling in the the yeah. for, for the rest of the world that you can you know the majority of the world can't do this. You can, right? But you're angry. Yeah. And just it, I can't. You know, it's it's. I don't I don't know what to do with it. Well, and the ring, I don't know it either but to bring it home what's fascinating to me is it's also connected not only is it an idol it's connected to nationality i mean yeah. not nationality to the nation because we have the, the flag we have all the, you know the singing we've got yeah. the sh- planes flying over and so all of the controversy Fireworks. recently about like kneeling yeah. for the national anthem and all that people have stopped watching football because of that oh yeah but they haven't stopped getting upset about the oh. American flag sitting in their church. Right. They're fine. Like, right. This, they, like this weird, yeah. like, it's not just the religion of, uh, you know, the, the football. We have, like, it's our country infiltrated yeah. into all of these things. You know, it's, it's how they keep us in control. It's, and that's. Some ways, yeah, and it, I don't. I'm not saying somebody sat back and was like, "Here's how we're going to control them," but it all it all gets right. intertwined and inter- and you start realizing these are pretty inseparable things, right? Well, Caesar put his statue all over the place to remind everybody, "Hey, yeah. I'm in charge." America puts its flag in, yeah. it, in the churches and puts the flag in the football games to say, "Hey, yeah. we're in charge." Yeah, like the government's here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're watching you. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get out of line. It's all. Right. I don't know. This is interesting stuff. It is interesting. Yeah. And and the ways that we, you know, I don't know, that we worship it. And then, and then the ways in which all of that so easily, like we will walk away from worshiping Jesus over anything. Right. I, all it takes is like somebody says, hey, like you want to get a beer Sunday night? And you go, yeah, I, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Church. I can. Yeah, I went last week. I worshiped Jesus last week, you know. And uh, and the game's on, no-brainer. Right. Or, like, a good hike is happening, no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and, and we think about that as just like, and I think a lot of us grew up going, like, I have to go to church, and, and we're resenting that. But it's it, not about him. But at the end of the day, it's just like, we'll just, we'll sacrifice worshiping Jesus for just about anything. Right. And some of that's some of that's our, our, the the fault of the people who are who made it a chore. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but some of it's the way we are doing church and the yeah. way we're worshiping Jesus. That it's not it's not a place where you're like, oh, I actually taste and met Jesus right. in a way where I don't want to go away from this. Like now, but but does it is it always? I've been thinking about this lately. Is it always supposed to feel like that? It always does to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't and think it, I've ever not wanted to go. Sometimes I've been a little tired because I'm doing right. services, right? And but. I've and I and I I have. It's so ingrained for me and has been since childhood that it's not a. I don't sit down and go like, should I go to church? It, it, and I and I'm not going unwillingly either. Right. It's just 
I go to be with God's people and worship him. I, I do. I just do. Right. Um, like it's, it's such a pattern of life. Um, yeah, but I, but I also would, would assume that it could be like, if, if it wasn't a pattern of life, right. it could be a thing that's like, I ha- this is okay. I got to go like, right. and, and sometimes like we've heard people like report that like it can be a, because we're a highly relational church, it could be a tiring endeavor, like to go talk to the, especially if you're introverted, you know? Right. And I think that, I think obviously the enemy uses that too right. as a lie. I mean, I, I think I, I believe in the, I'm introverted, extroverted thing. Like I think yeah. it's a way that God's made us up. I also think it's a, it's a sin pattern. Sure. And so we use our introversion to say we're exhausted by conversation. Yet scripture's pretty clear that you're not to be alone. Right. You're supposed to gather as much as possible, even more as you see the end right. coming. I think those are hugely important things. Uh, I think the thing about church, somebody said this to me just this week on Sunday. He said, I love coming to two services. I love it because I sit in this church and I, I won't even get up and get a Coke or a coffee because I don't want to miss anything. Yeah. Like that man's tasting God, and you know, even in ways I'm not on Sundays. Yeah. And because if you're looking for Jesus to show up, he will flood you. Yeah. And yes, he'll flood you other ways, but there's, he loves his gathered people. Oh, yeah. There's That's, something, there's, he, he's set it up. This is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, there's and something it, about singing new songs to each other and speaking words to each other and reading the scriptures over each other and listening deeply to what's happening and confessing your sin. And, but there's like, if you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled. Like yes. that, and, and for Christ, he will not neglect it. And so that's where one reason I don't, um, I don't badger people about not coming to church is because I, I want them to come because they're hungry and thirsty. Sure. But I think what makes me so sad is the realization that so often we're more hungry and thirsty for other things. And that's, we know that yes. that's, that's sure. just, that's true, Right. but it's still sad. And it's in me. Right. I just happen to be, I'm, it's easier for me to see the problem when it comes to football. Yes. Yes. Well, and you know, when it comes to, to church, it is, even if you love it, a discipline. Yeah. Well, that's practice. what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's, it is a discipline. It's not going to be, you just wake up and go, I want to go share my life with, with others and go, you know, prostrate myself spiritually before a God who I'm going to surrender to. That yeah. is an unnatural movement. It is a very unnatural yeah. movement. It's rewarding yeah. and the reward becomes motivating. And you start to realize I need, I must be there. And that's where I, I feel that way. Yeah. But that's, Years, right? Yeah, it takes years of practice. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, I mean, when it's, you know, and it also depends on how much you've wrestled with Jesus and how dirty the water you've been drinking. Yeah. If you was, you know, if you've been drinking out of the toilet for a long time and all of a sudden somebody gives you filtered sparkling water that is restorative, you're like, I don't I, I, I have want that. I want that. And that yeah. changes your perspective, too.